This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Yo, and welcome back to the Lake of Rage podcast. Surprise, it's me, Boo underscore CK, uh, filling in for Mellow underscore Magikarp. Where could he be? Uh, (laughs) I have a very special guest with me today. Uh, We're going to do a rundown of how he performed recently at the Portland Regional Championships. Uh, It is Mellow underscore Magikarp from the Lake of Rage podcast. How are you, Mellow? I'm doing pretty well. So I'm excited for this one because this is one where I'm like, I don't want to talk about the freaking meta for the next two months. People are like, can you at least give us the Portland recap? And I'm like, yeah, that seems like a great idea. Because uh, we were both there. Yeah. I think you posted uh, on Twitter, what do you guys want to see? And, and one of the popular ones was, we saw Mellow made day two. Let's hear about it, huh? <laughs> it's so, uh, we'll get into it. But I'm, I'm still upset at my finish. It was so bad. Yeah, I know you were watching me in one of my rounds against, yep. shout out to my Tina opponent. I you 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 tried throwing and i was nice enough to throw it back to you <laughs> to force the yeah, tie I, yeah i walked away for a little bit and came back and was like what happened <laughs> uh it was bad and that wasn't the only throw in day two it was bad but i got back to day two which was exciting because uh, listeners of the podcast know my preparation has been mid since having a kid at best and it was exciting that, like, oh, I actually felt confident going into a tournament for once. And I feel like there were the small adjustments in prep and small adjustments in deck selection that made a pretty big difference. So we'll talk about that stuff for sure. Absolutely. So this is episode 135. Wow. Look how far we've come, huh? It's actually kind of wild, right? Like, bro, there's so many podcasts now. Or like people who are like, yo, check the podcast for us coming out in a couple of weeks. And it's like, there's so many. <laughs> like, we just got... Yeah, it's been like three or four new ones dropped in the last week and then walking around Portland and seeing people with the Lake of Rage uh, t-shirt on was really cool to see. You sure you just didn't see me a bunch of times? Well, yeah, I saw you, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I saw a couple and then talking to people about the podcast is always great. So uh, we appreciate everyone that listens and, uh, and rocks the merch, especially. Yeah. Shout out to my opponent. I love when people do this. They like they play like they don't know who I am, which is great. I don't want people to know who I am. And then afterwards, like win or lose or tie, like by the way, I love the podcast before walking away. <laughs> it's like oh, cool. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and, All right. So yeah. let let do you want to hop into it here? Sorry. No, I want you to hop into your. I want people to hear because people can learn from your <laughs> situation. Oh, we tested together. We got a limitless tabletop simulator. Shout out to Robin, by the way, for releasing the two player version for the Patreon supporters. That is so good. And I understand copyright exists. And so he's not going to release it for everyone. But holy, it's good. Super clean, super clean, works just like the the one player. And um, I know a lot of people would do that where they'd open up two tabs and play against themselves. I did. It's basically the same thing in one tab. 
um, and you can actually still do it uh, against yourself in one tab, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. Um, but yeah, shout out to Robin and Limitless. Uh, we're both uh, supporters on Patreon, and we recommend that if you guys have extra money to do that too, because Robin really does put out the best stuff for the community. Oh, for sure. And we got to keep supporting Limitless before someone buys Limitless from him and shoves <laughs> their logo all over it and just destroys the beautiful independent website that we currently have working for us right now. Yep. And we all like to go check ourselves and see our Limitless pages as Mello has another entry. <laughs> Bro, 68th place. <laughs> this is my worst IRL entry. It's so upsetting. Anyway, I've, I'm going to try and be slightly more positive because I've heard that from listeners before that are like, bro, you have good finishes. We don't like to hear you talk down. So listeners, I hear you. I've heard you. I'm going to be more positive <laughs> on it. 68th place out of almost 1500 is like 1490 something is a uh, pretty darn good, actually. <laughs> you know, when you think about yeah. it that way, right? Yeah, that's huge for a West Coast regional. Uh, we'll talk about it later, but Charlotte's looking to be the biggest one ever which seems to be a, something we keep saying each regional, you know, San Antonio, the biggest regional ever. And now this one's going to trump it by four or 500 people maybe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I'm not going to Charlotte cause I am not traveling past California for a regional this year. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's unreal to actually say out loud, uh, but you will be going. So I'll share my thoughts cause I've been keeping up with the meta cause I've had to keep up with the meta because of Portland. And I also toot my own horn real quick. I was pretty spot on on the correct texts and the decks and things like that, because my goodness, the amount of people that were Charizard is going to be over 20%. And you know what wasn't Charizard because people are not that level of sheep. They're pretty sheepish, but they're not close. (laughs) It was only 17. That is pretty far out of 1500 people. That's a lot of decks. Yeah, it's a diverse meta, though. If it was a little tighter, that'd easily be 20%. If, if people were there to, to win, everyone tried to win, I think that, that number would have been higher, but yeah. Um, but let's, uh, let's talk about the regional itself real quick. Oh yeah, that's actually really important because uh, uh, statistically, most of you were there. But if you weren't there, <laughs> this might actually surprise you to hear. So Grant, you kept track of the times in between rounds. Yeah, if you guys follow me on Twitter, I think I uh, didn't post San Antonio because I didn't play too deep in the tournament, but normally uh, I'll keep track of um, the round times. And for example, uh, in Peoria, the round time average from the start to the uh, start of the next round was 79.25 minutes. Portland was 68.625. That's which is unreal. Crazy. <laughs> That's unreal. Last year's Portland. Oh, do you have last year's Portland's number? It's different no, TO. No. But I want to say yeah, it was it over 90 there. minutes. It was. Yeah, I, it, last year's was a nightmare, right? We, were, we weren't out till. Um, it was after 10 o'clock. We out till 10 o'clock. Yeah. This was the, the round nine started at 6.43. Yeah. It's... So no, no lunch break, but um, it's amazing. Yeah, it's unreal the difference because I I had walked back with one of the our locals. We stayed in the same hotel, but you know he's a high school kid. It's like okay, I'm gonna wait for you, so we're good to go because it was late at night. Even though it was a short walk, yeah. it's like I we can't let, let the kids walk alone in downtown Portland at 10:30 at night. It was a miserable experience last year. And that was in April, right? 
Yeah, it was it was nice out. It was not cold. Yeah. Yeah, so this was in January, the first week of January. It was cold and wet. I think uh, for how well the event was run, the timing and location might uh, <laughs> be asking for a little bit more. Uh, if To put it in perspective, last year it was in San Diego where it was 70 mm-hmm. and sunny. Um, God, there's one so easy switch. And I know you were going to say it, but I, want, I need to say it while on the subject. Yeah. L.A. in May and Portland in January. Just L.A. in January, Portland in May. Easy flip, same locations. Just please, please, a gallery games or TPCI or whoever. It's so much better that way. Yeah, and it's amazing. I think gallery games, I'm, I'm down here in, in the Phoenix area now. They're from the Phoenix area. They are. It's like, how did you guys decide to go up to Portland in the first week of January? It's like, probably cheap as heck. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, look at the numbers. I, it, uh, and yeah. especially a Phoenix regional would be cheaper probably uh, or higher attended because it's an easier airport to get to. So I do want to say when we had our last episode talking about after Sacramento, where we were like, we need a Phoenix regionals. A ton of people agreed in the YouTube comments. And uh, if that's you, you know, sound off in the YouTube comments again, because I want more support for Phoenix regionals. But let's let's not beat a dead horse <laughs> when we talked about it for like half an hour. Or we could. <laughs> uh, I will say also on the regional. Um, yeah, the, the hotels were a little bit far away from the venue and they kept doing the weird thing where like you had to enter way down from one area versus the exit. So if you left the building and they, mm. they did a terrible job of regulating it. at one point, they had a lady there to, to like tell you once you leave, you can't come back in. She was only there for like one round, <laughs> but you had to walk up like three, four minutes up and then back down. And the hotels were so far away. So, I mean, you can't really complain about, about that too much. I like when the hotel's right there across the street. Agree. Um, and then... Uh, Ooh, on a related note, I booked my Vancouver hotel, and I'm staying yeah? in the convention center, whatever that one's called. Are you, the, the Pan Pacific? <laughs> it's going to be so worth it. It's going to yeah, be worth the that's, money. That's where I stay. I love that hotel. I love, I love being right there. In, uh, hopefully you got a bay view. Of the harbor. I got the cheapest one, bro. That hotel's not cheap. Oh, it's not cheap at all. That, that's the one I splurge for. Like, I get a nice room. You, you've seen it. You oh, yeah. Oh, room yeah. One time. Just looking out in the bay, they have the, the water planes that take off and stuff. It's just a really cool experience there. And then to be right on the, um, the venue as well is awesome. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for Vancouver. Same. Uh, a, a personal anecdote. I flew Alaska for the first time ever. Hey, did your door uh, come off? <laughs> no, but I flew on the same type of plane the same day at the same <laughs> airport. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. So um, on the way back, uh, they, they grounded all the flights. Mm-hmm. Like FAA grounded all, all that plane from Alaska in the middle of the night. So uh, booking a new flight was just a nightmare. I get on the phone with Alaska to, to cancel and book with American or something. And they're like, uh, your waiting time is seven hours, nine <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Bro, rip. Like, yeah. I'm like, no, I'm all right. I'll call you next week. You, you could have uh, yeah, caught, so, uh, caught up with a uh, doom and I on the way back to Seattle and flew out of SeaTac. You missed out. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a fun road trip. What is it? Three hour drive? Yeah, it's pretty fun, actually. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hop in real quick to my 
uh, Portland experience other than the plane uh, mm. fortunate being on a different plane. A real quick summary because uh, I am a teacher just in case because we jumped around. Best run regional best I run have ever easily. been to. Yeah. So shout out to Gallery Games. Shout out to every TO who was working the hive or whatever. Or sorry, TO, a judge working the hive because my goodness, if every regional ran like this, I would enjoy regionals. I hated Sacramento. Yeah, I'll add this one in too as, as a stat I've been tracking now is when they announced pairings to when the round starts averaged for six minutes. Um, I think there were a couple before that were like uh, LAIC, for example, mm -hmm. was under four minutes in a massive venue with a ton of people. You need time to get, you know... The, the entryway is always clogged, right? And oh, then yeah. as soon as people start finding out, because the announcements don't go outside. So once somebody sees the pairings are up and you're moving in, it's a, you know, the running of the bulls type mm -hmm. deal. And given, you know, a thousand tables or when we get down to maybe 700, mm -hmm. uh, it's still almost impossible to find your seat and get there. I think six minutes is the ideal time. That seems fine. I, yeah. Yeah. I was always in my because, seat. My opponent was always in their seat. Like no one had late penalties next to me, at least. Yeah. I saw multiple times at LAIC where people, you know, throw their hand up immediately and the opponent's standing like two feet away. Heck yeah. And this, I didn't see a single instance of that this time. I think six is a great number. Uh, the highest was seven. The lowest was five. So that averages out. Pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Perfectly run regional. No lunch. We'll note that. Um, there was some stuff in the venue. Uh, I saw you get a pretzel at some point. Yeah, it was it was fine. If I didn't like pretzels, it would have been bad, but I love pretzels, so it was fine. Yeah. I, I'm usually all right with that. I, I normally just carry a fanny pack. I know a lot of people have backpacks, but I'm a, a cliff bar guy. Same. Um, Builder bar so or a regular had... cliff bar? Uh, regular okay i'm builder bar always got the chocolate mint yeah oh, gross <laughs> you're so weird <laughs> no, it's why delicious. is everything just got to be a little off of you <laughs> they're so good they discontinued my favorite the peanut butter chocolate chip oh those were really good yeah that was a classic i'll give you that one so i'm up i'm just a chocolate chip guy now which is fine it's not even real chocolate uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I had two of them, and that was fine. The waters were five dollars. Uh, I think there was a macaroni and cheese like stand Yo. too. I saw some people with that, like brisket mac and cheese and stuff, which Multiple sounds great. But water bottle fillers. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was again. That's huge. Sacramento, one of the worst regional experience I've ever had. Uh, did not have that. <laughs> so shout out to the Oregon Convention Center for ample bathrooms and water bottle fillers in addition to food options did you know that lake of rage podcast now has merged at doomed-gaming.com which is down below in the description we have a shirt and sticker available to you use code lake for 10 percent off your first order of some lake of rage podcast merch and if this sells well we're going to add some more designs in the future now on to the show We'll say, you know, we, I don't know if we talk about it much, but um, the bathrooms get stinky fast. Usually mm -hmm. I always preach on Twitter, like what's your, if somebody posts, what's the one 
tip or trick for regionals. I say take care of your business before you get to the convention center. These ones got um, bad pretty fast as far as smell, but I, I didn't really see lines too much of the time. Nah, never. And there were enough that you could uh, just kind of keep walking. Walk yeah, into one and be could... like, nah, I'm going to go to the other one. Yeah, and, and speaking of tips and tricks, I'd say go there the day before and, and scout the convention center. Mm. There's going to be a ton of bathrooms outside of the hall that if you can find uh, good ones, um, yeah. you know, less, less trafficked ones. I actually didn't even know there were bathrooms in the hall until day two. When I like went to time and around, and I was like, I really have to go to the bathrooms. Like, oh, they're right there. Yeah. This is so convenient. Yeah. I always went outside of the hall because I'm like, that's just the correct choice. Yeah, day two is so much better for bathrooms. There's, there's like except no for one. we'll see it in Charlotte though. Now with you know a couple hundred more people. Yeah, top two fifty six is almost all going to be day two. Or yeah, day two. Because yeah. it's about ten percent conversion, right? So that should be twenty one to twenty. 210 to 230 people somewhere in between there which is nuts <laughs> and a bunch of a bunch of seniors and their parents that's true and there should be 32 seniors as well because normally it's 32 make date should be yeah. during the instead of the 19 match points right yeah so that's that's quite a few right and then like you mentioned parents as well yeah hopefully Oof, that's a lot of people Anyway, let's get to your All run. Right. So we tested together. We tested Charizard. But tell everyone what you played. Yeah. Well, I played, uh, I played the moon, the roaring moon. I've had, a, um, I've had a crush on it since it was announced. True. Um, and I, you know, my brain started going to work for the first time since I created uh, Relish, you know, the Grass Mewtwo uh, GX deck. Fun deck. Um, and just thinking of ways to play it, and you know, obviously the two engines were just the straight up turbo and lost. I played lost in San Antonio, and it was a horrific experience. Um, so I went with the, the turbo build. I I liked in in my testing, you needed something to beat Charizard, mm -hmm. and so you needed the Greninja or the Iron Hand. So mm -hmm. I played both of them. <laughs> Uh, I know, I know Azul played it on stream that week and it was like, are you playing Azul's list? Like I've had this in my pocket for a while. Uh, not Azul's list, uh, more, even more turbo, um, with the trekking shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was really great. The deck ran awesome. And I played every game except for the very last game where I started iron hands and a bunch of item cards, um, which at that point didn't matter. What I miscalculated was the Charizard matchup. Mm -hmm. uh, this is bad metagaming. I played four Charizards. I went 0-3-1. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> a good sign. Yeah, very humbling experience. Uh, most of the games went three games. Mm -hmm. um, you have to get... You know, if they get, if they get Manaphy down... You're you're putting a, your pigeonhole into getting the iron hands. If you if you even win the flip, true. You have to win the flip too, because if they go if they go second, if they get if they get a battle VIP pass or they get going first or an Arvin going second battle VIP pass, you're cooked. <laughs> like, like, That's the most of the time. <laughs> yeah, right. So so you have to go second. You have to win the coin flip. Go second, uh -huh. and you have to hope they brick. 
<laughs> this is worse than Maridon at this point. Like it, it plays exactly the same as Maridon. You're just but, you're just bad Maridon. <laughs> but yeah, you're bad Maridon, and it 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 was brutal. Um, because every other you know, even in the games against Charizard, it's like I'm so set up. Except for I didn't get the hands off. Mm-hmm. I needed like one more e switch or something like. So close. The deck feels so good. It, which is the same with, like, uh, when we were talking in, in Discord, you're like, how'd your testing go? I'm like, Maridon gets the, the hands <laughs> off every time. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's the same thing. Like, the, the deck is super clean. Um, the Squawkabilly is just insane. That's such um, a good card. It's such a good card. Yeah. yeah. And if you play... If you play research, uh, the the full dark version like uh, Ross played, mm-hmm. I think he got top. He got thirty third. Yeah, thirty third. Yeah. He but to be missed, fair, it was yeah. a clean cut. Yeah. The um, there's so many ways to to tech it and play it. Uh, my my deck immediately after I built a new deck mm-hmm. after that, and then two days later I had a new one after that. I love the deck, but yeah, uh, a, a good lesson in um, making sure you know, like if you're metagaming and you know Charizard, we knew, we sat down mm-hmm. weeks before and we settled on Charizard and we did our numbers and had Charizard as the top deck. Mm-hmm. And you need to know that you have a good matchup into it. Like that, that's a matchup you can't take an auto loss because you can face four of them. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you, you just, you know, and you just, you get knocked out of points right away. Yeah, I want to give a make day two. What what you just mentioned of like the meta gaming, we were we were pretty right, right? And Locke put, I don't know what Locke did with his spreadsheet, but uh, Locke was like, all right, I'm gonna put all the numbers in. Let me know if you disagree, right? And came back with Zard's the best play, followed by like Rapid Strike and then Snorlax, and then (laughs) you decided to take the loss to the deck that we said was going to be the most popular and the deck that was apparently the best play (laughs) according to what we had decided on. I thought I had a decent matchup. Hadn't tested it enough. Um, but I'm looking at our numbers here when we had Zard at 18%. So we were pretty close. Yeah, that sounds... Uh, and then, yeah, and then we had Tina right behind it. Or Tina up to 12, maybe. So we were pretty, pretty good on the like what to play against. Mm-hmm. And- for the but, the Charlotte listeners, we'll talk more about it, but uh, don't expect that to change. By the way, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, maybe there's some some new wrinkles. <laughs> eh, actually, that's kind of true. So yeah, uh, all right. You didn't do the best because yeah, we t- I won four in a row in the middle when I didn't play a Charizard. You did. We sat um, next to each other round what yeah. eight i think it was round eight and i was like yeah, seven, i thought you, seven, i thought you dropped what are you doing no, up eight, here yeah. yeah it was around eight yeah because yeah. uh well then we'll get there <laughs> but yeah i was like bro how'd you get up here i thought you were dropping you're like four in a row baby yeah i just i just kept winning i mean like i said the deck every game i was in it and going first or second doesn't really matter obviously you want to go second against a lot of matchups yeah because they want to go second or you just can get the knockout. You can get two prizes, and that's, you know, reminds me of ADP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just once we get going, it's all downhill. Um, 
So yeah, my last two matches uh, or round eight, round nine were against Charizard. So it is what it is. But let's move on to you. Yeah. You played Charizard. Yeah, and I didn't want to going into the tournament, which I think is one of the important. The people who listen to the Sacramento thing have uh, listened to me rant about trusting your gut, right? And I think that is still true. And I'll explain why I switched to Charizard, despite not wanting to. But uh, it was my number one choice going in, right? And then Azul did the thing. And unfortunately, Azul's group <laughs> all did well. <laughs> it was like... Yeah. I can't play Charizard. Like, it has the biggest target on its back. And then I had the week off of work. You were off, and we're like, all right, let's test. Let's test Charizard. So we played it into, was it like Maridon, Judge Mew, and uh, Giratina? And you were the Charizard player. I was the other side player, but it doesn't matter, really, <laughs> because we're looking at each other's screens and all that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, it did help me a lot playing the other end of these decks that were going to be popular and just kind of seeing like, wow, if he gets out one singular Charizard <laughs> on turn two, I, I don't feel good about my chances of winning these games. And that's a very low maintenance thing. Like the thoughts of, okay, I'm going to play Charizard as a stage two deck, stage two decks are clunky and terrible because oh i have to evolve all these things but it's like sitting across from it and just being oh my gosh <laughs> like it really just takes one stage two early and then stabilizing with another and blah 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 in order to feel like i have to answer these questions now and that was super interesting to me that definitely helped push me a little bit in the direction back to charizard of just like playing against it and just seeing the power of 330 HP. <laughs> you know? And having to do that three times, you know, having to mm -hmm. go through it three, potentially three times or whatever, or even like 280 and a like boss up a Pidgeot or something. Yeah, it's... But it is, it, it's one of those decks where, um, you know, when you play across something and they always have it. Charizard. And, like, and then you play it. No, you, but then you play it and you don't. Yeah. But when you play Charizard, you always have it too. Oh, yeah. Like, it's one that actually does do the thing. And it's not even pre-Pidgeot, right? Like, obviously, once they have the Pidgeot out, they always yeah. have it. But <laughs> even before getting the Pidgeot out, they always have the out to the Pidgeot. Like, every time. Yep. Yeah, I absolutely love the deck even more. But uh, I'd been in between, right? And so I'd been playing some Snorlax Pidgeot, which is the control, pretty active deck, right? You're using a lot of Luxray Fang Snipe and things like that. And I did fine. I took it to a challenge, did great. Uh, found out Cameron Shinoy, one of our locals, who is, you know, a very decorated player, was also on the deck. And so I DM ideas. We come together on a 60 and we're like, all right, we think this idea is going to beat Giratina, which was, hear me out, hear me out, Grant. Three crushing hammers for the Giratina oh, no. match. <laughs> <laughs> and so we both play it to the tabletop mock regional, right? It's like I hit uh, Lost Zone with Minior. And then I hit Sablezard with two TM Devolutions, which is very bad for the Pidgeot <laughs> in the deck. And then uh, Giratina. And that was, I was already planning to drop at that point, but I will go 1-1-1 one, one, one into them. And I'm like, this is bad. Like, I'm hoping my opponent throws a couple times with how bad these matchups really are. And some of it's pure collateral damage. Like the Minior with super effective glasses, that's not actually for me. 
but it right. does work against me because they also have Raikou for the Pidgey, right? The TM Devolution, that's a Charizard deck. Like, why am I going to play a deck that's also going to get collateral damage from Charizard techs? And the Giratina is just is a terrible matchup. If Giratina is losing to Snorlax, you, you, you practice it more. <laughs> that matchup is so hard to lose as Giratina. I promise. And uh, yeah, I was like, okay, I cannot play this. And so I tell Cameron, right? I was like, I, I can't play this. This is terrible. And he's like, yeah, I think you're right. I'm probably going to switch off. Uh, it turns out he did not switch off, by the way, if you're wondering <laughs> where this story is going to go. He switched <laughs> back onto it, and uh, it was not a good oh, no. it was not a good day in Portland for him. But uh, I was like, all right, I, I got to play Charizard. And one thing that I did is I went back to my Limitless. I went back through my tournament history in general. And most of the time, I have found success. Here's... Zul doesn't listen to this podcast, but if he did, it's something he rants about all the time. You don't have play styles. Good players don't have play styles. That's probably true. But outside of my first finish with Zorar Garbodor, the next one was Mewtwo and Mew, Tag Call Engine, right? And then uh, the best engine. Limitless, I was on Picarom, which was Volkner, Tag Call stuff. And then yep. we came back from the pandemic, and I was on Shady Dealing's Arc Intel. And suddenly it's like, all of my successes have been with decks that I tutor. And for those who aren't familiar, I'm pretty sure tutor is a magic term. I'm not 100% on that. But uh, tutoring is going into the deck and picking out the individual card. So instead of dump and draw, you know, research, squawk ability, stuff like that, you're saying, I'm going to Arvin <laughs> for one item, and it's just going to be the one item I need, or I'm going to quick search for the one thing I need. And it's like, this is through most of my success. And even the, the uh, Player's Cup stuff, right? Picaram? Kind of the same idea in there. Relish, 100% a tutor deck. We played one draw supporter. And uh, had I not hit two Eternatus in the last two rounds, I would have been uh, competing for significantly higher <laughs> than uh, what I got. I mean, Caitlin and Cynthia as a draw supporter. Sure, okay. There were two draw. There was one draw. So no. <laughs> we play a Marnie. Whatever. Mar it doesn't matter. Marnie, yeah. There was one Marnie, one Cynthia, Caitlin. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was like, oh, okay. we can search one of them. Sure. <laughs> But uh, that gave me an extra confidence. So originally I was like, oh, I can't play Charizard again. Azul put a target on his back and then was like, all right, we can play Charizard. Because if I look back at all my successes, they've come with these very slow, I'm going to get the exact card I need every single turn. And we're going to do well with that. So that kind of gave me a lot of confidence into it. And then I was coming up with a 60, right? There was two very clear weaknesses with Charizard. One of them, TM Devolution. The other one was there were no switching cards. So uh, we went with the Turo, and the Turo was actually so incredibly nuts. Like, Turo was so good to the point where I don't suggest anyone plays Turo in their deck because I got every good use out of Turo, and none of you will ever have another good use after my weekend. <laughs> like, that card was so much better than it had any business being. And then we, of course, played the TM Devolution for the Mirror because it's like, well, my deck is weak to it, so we're going to run it. And it, it worked out mostly, right? I went 2-1 against Mirror and uh, should have been 3-0. Should have got top 32 with it, but let's not, uh, let's not get too far into that one. Um, yeah, the Turo, though. All right, hear me out, Grant. Turo? Turn one. I started three separate games. I started a Pokemon V, Lumineon or Rodom. But also in my hand was a VIP pass, an energy, and a Turo. And being able to Turo into the Pidgey to call for family, 
<laughs> so good three times out of the 15 rounds which is ridiculous to have that full three card combo and starting the pokemon v yeah and then you have luminion in hand for next turn exactly right like <laughs> it was so good <laughs> so so that was my idea right yes and then but azul's group played switch yeah and you'd play turo again over switch you think so I actually lost round one to a Maridon player uh, who made day two as I thought it was a good matchup, but they play, they pulled out a Coco on me in game three. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I only had one that's Charizard. Tech, yeah. I never set up a second Charizard in our whole set. No, that's not true. Game one I did. And that's why I won, but games two and three as are, right, here's one Charizard. <laughs> Go get him, buddy. And uh, yeah. it just plain didn't work in game two and game three, they pulled the Coco out and I was like, I, I can't, I can Turo and then Charmander. So the switch would have won me that round. And then we're talking about a whole different tournament, right? Because I had Arvin in hand, Arvin, Switch, Retreat, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, I mean, technically, I think Switch would have been a better card. But the amount of value I got out of the Turo was nuts. It won me my winning in like 100%. My opponent goes for the Moonlight Shuriken. I was up against Hunter Butler with the Lost Zone. Lost Zone, Kyogre, Groudon, Roaring Moon. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Groudon was mostly just a Lost Zone target the whole game. But uh, yeah, he went for the Moonlight Shuriken on a Luminion and something else. And then he was like, uh, Turo the Luminion. <laughs> and, you know, there's no more win condition left on the board. And so, like, situations like that where it's like, well, this is pretty sick. It's it, it did its job. It definitely carried its weight, but uh, yeah, switch is better. It's pluses and minuses. Yeah. Yeah. Going into Charlotte, I'd 100% be playing a switch instead. I think that's just correct. But yeah, the Turo, ooh, the amount of value I got out of that was nuts. So, so yeah, we decided on those are the only two real changes. Otherwise, it was a completely vanilla. It was a dual GG 60. Uh, we made the same cut they did, cut one of the level balls, and the 60 worked. It was just a very straightforward good deck is good type thing and i think that's one of the things that i learned from this weekend everyone was ready every one of my opponents was like i've tested against charizard they they clearly knew what they were doing and uh it turns out a lot of charizard players aren't good and i think that also made a difference being well, that's the, yeah that's the thing right people play the best deck yeah they're not the best player of the best deck yeah, because I would have opponents make these plays that were clearly felt like they were calculated, knew what they were doing. And then when I made a response that was maybe a little unconventional, they were suddenly like, oh, <laughs> I wasn't prepped for this. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to multiple Giratina players. I played against three Giratina players. Every one of them is going to think I'm calling them out because they all did the same interesting play. Let's call it that. And there was lost impact into a charizard ex for some reason can't cram was already ko'd or prized or whatever so they lost impact and i would kind of look at the field and be like that was kind of stupid i'm pretty sure they have a good answer in hand i'm just gonna iono here and see what happens and you'd iono them and then uh they couldn't actually do anything else and they would yeah. use star requiem on my 280 damaged charizard and for anyone listening like wow who would throw that hard look this is also two people in day two so apparently every single giratina player would throw this hard but you know stuff like that where they've clearly decided this is the line of like my 280 they're gonna hit me for not enough and then i'm gonna clean it up with a sable eye or whatever and i was like 
this place seems really bad. <laughs> Clearly, if I own you, you're going to whiff. And you know what? <laughs> All three of them whiffed every single time. Yeah, unless you have a bunch of energy on the bench or something to, mm -hmm. to get rid of. You're, you're normally lost zoning off of your active. Oh, yeah. It's... And then how are you going to find those energies again? Yeah. You need a rod. You need a, a mirage gate. So, yeah, stuff like that of like, they're very clearly making a play that they've planned out, practiced. And then you're like, well, if I make an answer to this, let's see if they can adjust on the fly. And, you know, a lot of players can't. I think that's one thing that you really have to do. And one of the reasons why I think Charizard was a good play for me, why I would play it again in Charlotte this weekend, is you do have those options and you really can make these changes on the fly. And that just felt really good with the deck. And one reason why I'm probably going to play it to Vancouver, it could still change. It could switch to stall again, right? It's a valid deck. Yeah, I really liked Charizard. It just really gives you so many plays. Like attacking with Pidgeot is another one where people weren't prepared for <laughs> a lot of the time of like, oh, that thing has an attack, right? Or I had one opponent play a path going first when I started Charmander. And, you know, I'd Arvin VIP pass, attach to the Charmander and discard the path. <laughs> And they're like, oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, just like these little plays of like, there you have so many tools in your toolkit that you can really take advantage of these people who think that they have the answers. And you know what? They might, but a lot of the times they don't because you can't have answers for every single play in the deck. Yeah, and even the, the Charmander hitting into um, a Snorlax stall. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, Charm Charmeleon, Charmeleon. You can knock yourself out. Yeah. Now the prizes have gone down, and they, you know, there's a lot of utility there with with the under evolved and even the Pidgeot too, like you said. Yeah, I never got to play into a Snorlax, which I'm I'm very happy. I'd rather not. But yeah, that was one of the yeah. lines that uh, Senior Doom and I had discussed of just like, what if we just KO our own Charmeleons? And then we're swinging for 210, so we KO Luxray, we KO Snorlax with Charm, we KO the Rotom without a Vitality Band, you Iono them to 5 instead, and it's like, I can activate the Countercatcher as well, because yeah. Snorlax players, okay, look, I'm not talking to the upper echelon of Snorlax players. Cal, Hale, not talking to you. Snorlax players hate giving up prize cards. Yep. and uh they should do that Snorlax players please give up prizes you need your counter catchers active but yeah like oh i'm at a penny after they've charmeleoned into me right you're like uh okay now counter catchers active for yeah. me <laughs> like i'm in a great spot counter catcher wrote him i own out of five ko with charizard now what right so it's definitely one that you could beat the you could be the day one snorlax players to put it that way right and it's gonna run out of steam the deeper you get in the tournament with that play but it's a good one and it's one that uh, according to Doom, his opponent was not ready for <laughs> when he pulled that one out. So, speaking of stall, mm -hmm. you had five ties <laughs> Bro. in your 15 rounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, okay. No, I got a story for every single one. Okay. Round two. Round two. Yeah, round yeah. two was Golden Go. Okay. I'll, I'll take a tie. Shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't be a tie. You know, you know what happens. I go, my opponent makes me go first. Correct, right? Okay. I have an okay setup. Turn two, Candy Zard, KO Gimme Ghoul. All right, you got a five-card hand, two Gimme Ghouls on the field. What are you going to do? They're like, all right, all right. Uh, Bench Greninja, concealed cards. Evolve, evolve. Draw three. Irida. 
uh, was it letter of encouragement? <laughs> and oh, they, they, they O-code my Charizard EX. <laughs> I was like, oh God, this is terrible. This matchup's unwinnable. And so, uh, yeah, you know what? We'll take a tie in that one. That was, uh, that that's was, fair. Yeah. That was Pokemon. Uh, the next tie was against Chien Pao, right? Chien Pao, round eight. Yeah. So my opponent, very smart player. You're uh, playing next to me. Yeah. <laughs> we were. Uh, my opponent was a very smart player. Yeah. And, uh, they, just didn't play the Pokemon trading card game. <laughs> they were waiting for me to evolve to two prizers because otherwise I can't take KOs and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, huh, I am not really sure what to do here. And so we kind of sat there staring at each other, draw passing for a couple turns. And uh, that's how that ended up in a tie. Much to my, the chagrin of my opponent, because I got down paired. They messed up my record. I'd won the round before. They put it as a loss. I go up to the hive and I'm like, hey, you messed this up. And they're like, oh, RB, just go play your current opponent, which for them was win, win, and you're in, losing, you're out. And uh, I fully admit I rejected the gentleman's agreement because I did not care. And I was not winning a gentleman's agreement into Qian Pao most of the time. So, you know what? We took the tie because <laughs> my opponent wanted to play a game of chicken and I'm going to be honest, I still don't know how I'm supposed to respond to a Qian Pao who doesn't take prizes, but does set up a full board. I'm sure there's an answer, yeah. but uh, it's pretty scary to be looking at two Frigibacks, two Bidoofs with a Qian Pao in the active where they're just vomiting energies into their hand every turn. Be like, uh, <laughs> I guess I have to yeah. Iono eventually and hope that it sticks. Yeah, that's a really awkward uh, situation. Normally... In that case, you wouldn't be, you know, uh, what, 5-1-1, one, one, mm -hmm. um, you know, where you're still in command of your Day 2 Destiny. Yeah. And not having to deal with a gentleman's agreement for a, a you know, tie and out yeah. opponent. Which is unfortunate for your opponent. Um, <laughs> they were very vocally not happy. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were a super cool opponent until that situation happened. <laughs> Then, uh... Yeah, I, I mean, I can feel for them, but like again, like what what can they do? Like you guys start taking prizes, you you know your situation too. Yeah. So like being down paired in general, right? Oh yeah. It's like really no no different. Like that that happens sometimes. So yeah, it was an awkward. Like if they take one prize KOs, I KO their Chi and Pow, and then I win the two 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 war. But also, yeah. if you're not taking prizes. It's not even that I didn't want it. Like, I wanted to win game three. I wanted to win the game, but it was like, this is just incorrect for me to evolve to a two-prizer and start taking prizes now because uh, I'm going to lose the game if I do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then so you win your uh, winning in, which surprisingly was not streamed, I think. Uh, yeah. Was Azul stream Brown night? Yeah, listeners. If you were voting yeah. in Twitch chat... And why would you vote for Azul GG when you could have voted for me against Hunter Butler? And yeah, seriously. What was a Pokemon game for sure? <laughs> like was, you said earlier, Hunter was playing um, Kyogre Groudon, junk junk box, which I've, I've termed any sort of oh, yeah. lost box that just plugs in a, like four or five attackers or whatever, and you know sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, yeah, you have Greninja, uh, you, you have won. Sableye, you have Cramorant, you have Kyogre. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, we did pull yeah, out the win. Uh, it's a little bit of a low probability whiff. But you know what? It turns out Pokegear can still miss, even with four no. Chorus in a 20-card deck. It's, no. We take those better to be lucky than good, right? 
Yeah. Played your sure. outs. Yeah. And uh, the... you start day two off with a win over Tina. Yeah. Free matchup. And then what happens? And then we hit a guardy where we tied because long game one, game two, they bricked. <laughs> and game three was nowhere near finishing, <laughs> you know, guardy yeah. stuff, right? And then we hit uh, Law Zone where I threw so hard. All right, Charizard players, listen up. I, game two, I'm going down to one prize card remaining. I'm ultra balling to grab a Jirachi or something. I don't know. Something out of the deck. When you are ultra balling and you're going down to one prize card, you ultra ball away the counter catcher, not the good cards. <laughs> so instead, I ultra ball away an Arvin. Keep the counter catcher. That will never be active. I pull two Pidgeots off the prizes that I knew they were prize. There was a 100% chance I'd get them because I take two prize cards, three prizes, two Pidgeots. My opponent plays an escape rope. I promote the Pidgey. <laughs> and I get stuck because I got rid of the Arvin. And I can't Arvin into Pidgeot to retreat and win the game with my Charizard. And uh, we end up tying because my opponent uh, rejected the gentleman's agreement, which, like, sure, at that point in the day, that's valid. Yeah, uh, absolute grief on my end. Yeah, it was round 12. Yeah, Yeah. then we hit a Giratina. And again, I absolutely grief. Oh, you hit a, you hit a Maridon. Oh, that's yeah. right. Oh, bro, that game was so fun, though. My opponent was so sick. Like, they whiffed so many generators, but were so <laughs> nice. So, uh, David, David Gade, your shout out. Yep. Um, they were super fun and they had this really cool line maradon players listen up because i think there's something to this i think there's something to what david did and that was go first with the raichu and you're just like all right fast charge attach right it's a double mareep fast charge and then what do they do it's like all right uh charizard for 180 you can get the ko on the next turn with oh, enough of a setup sure. because the raichu can't get ko'd and if the charizard player if you actually go first into charizard you fast charge you can fast charge again and just have this gigantic raichu wall dynamotoring and you go knockout knockout with the path play and it's actually mm. uh they did take a game off of me and we're <laughs> close to winning the set just by like making these plays of like you can't ko my raichus and i'm just gonna vomit energies and go knockout path iono knockout do you have it again and uh, getting three Charizards is hard against a path deck that's able to Oko you starting on turn two. So I th think it's interesting, and I think there might be something there for just the like, hey, you're never going to get these this many knockouts. Yeah, who would have? Yeah, you don't really think about that normally. You know, like a with a V, you know, an Arceus or something, mm -hmm. or even like the new stuff, like the the Moon. Like, all right, I'm not, I'm not getting KO'd going first or whatever. Yeah. Or if they attack into me first. And you play that like you played with the uh, Chin Pal, a game of chicken. Yeah. And you should have the upper hand because you can pitch you out for boss or whatever. But mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty clever. Because nothing really on uh, Maridon, they don't have anything under 200. Yeah, not, right. not unless I have to squawk, and that's how I was able to win game one. Yeah. was just, okay. I got the turn two boss KO on the squawk. And then I was like, all right, yeah. now what are you going to do? Because <laughs> I will win this game before you do. But uh, yeah, if they don't squawk like they didn't have to squawk. No, they got a bravery charm on their squawk. 
on turn one in game three. And I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> this is sketchy now. You got the vacuum. No, I did not get the boss vacuum at all. I, uh, oh. yeah, I just started smacking into them. <laughs> and I hope they didn't have yeah. it. And uh, they eventually <laughs> did not have it. But uh, it was really close. <laughs> I had to I had to get the third Charizard <laughs> to win that game. I, I'll, I'll interject one point here, too, for the Maridon players. If you're playing Coco, mm-hmm. don't play the Coco into the moon matchup. You put the Coco down, that gives the moon somebody it, it can attack. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, it, yeah, my opponent did that. I won, I won it going first against a Maridon twice. So they put the Coco down. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Let's is, go. This is huge. Uh, so just jump that in there. And then round 14, you play Atina. Yeah, this is the one you were watching. Where yes. game one, absolute domination. Uh, actually, that's not my opponent. Shout out to uh, Lost Zoning 3 Mirage Kids. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just like I'm just watching him cook. I'm watching him cook. <laughs> it's like I was in such a bad spot, like literally on turn two. I was like, I have one Charmander. I should scoop. And I was like, I don't know. This is Giratina. I'm sure it'll be fine. And then I go Abyss Seek. I was like, OK, OK, I stabilize a little more. And they Abyss Seek again. <laughs> I was like, OK, this is fine. And then suddenly next thing I know, it's like there's two energies and two Mirage Gates in the Lost Zone. Like, I'm just going to keep playing and see what they do. And eventually, they uh, chorus and deck themselves out. Yeah. Because they just have nothing. And it was just, it was such a funny game. Because it was just like watching, it was like playing ladder. It's like, all right, just let them cook, let them cook, let them cook. And it was like, (laughs) y'all, this is looking sketch. And then game two, I absolutely grief so hard. Uh, they escape rope. They're going to Greninja me. I know they're going to Greninja me. The correct play is promote the Charmander with an energy. And instead, I big brain promote a Charmander with no energy, which gets stuck in the act. Yeah. <laughs> and I get uh, utterly farmed from there. And then game three doesn't finish, because why would game three ever finish in this format? So again, I can point out, not saying I played perfectly otherwise, but a very blatant if I make a different play, I win this game every single time. And instead, I uh, I lose it. And you know, for everyone listening to this, that happens. And you'll you'll still think about it frequently. <laughs> but it's a learning experience, and you know that you know going forward at least. Oh yeah, for sure. It's it goes back to reps. Uh, I do want to mention I we did we tested. I played locals with Charizard. Um, I was vastly under-tested, and the next round we're going to talk about against James Sims. Shout out to Professor. I got I gotta give give this kid credit, man. This kid was a goofy Twitch chatter, and is now like a proper good Pokemon trading card game player. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I that sat down against them. This was the third time I'd ever played the Charizard Mirror. The first two times were in day two, and they utterly out mirrored me all over the place uh you gotta test you gotta play more pokemon than uh than what i did and it was it really showed going into day two where the games were a little tighter and just my games were a little less clean or a little more punished i guess for some of those misplays you just have to play the pokemon trading card game that is by far the i appreciate you listening to the podcast but you know turn the podcast off go to live and play a couple games (laughs) that's the best way to prep yeah, the interesting thing, I've, I heard it in multiple games next to me when I was playing mm-hmm. Charizard players saying, I swear to God, 
multiple people said it. They're like, oh, I haven't tested the mirror. <laughs> Did you sit next to me playing a mirror? No, but like the, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I think a lot of people are like, okay, I need to know the Tina matchup. I need to know yep. where I don't yep. know, like to have it. You don't really think about them. It's like, okay, what's what's the mirror? Okay, I'll tech Devo. Yeah, and that's how I'll play the mirror. It's like at some point I'll just put play Devo. Like, okay, that's not how you test the mirror. <laughs> no, know the matchup. Ooh, I did though. All right, so against James, I choose. I win the coin flip. Go second. <laughs> Boy, you want to know how bad I threw? I double VIP pass. I have an Arvin in hand, and I just choose not to play the Arvin <laughs> for, <Why>? for no reason. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I was such a great, like, I have the Rotom on the bench. I just hold the Arvin for no good reason because I wrote him into another Arvin anyway. It's like, there's so much cool stuff that I could go get right now. There's so much that could have had. It was such a, like, why did I do this moment? But uh, so what happened is I have the TM Devo. So I go. They they get the prize trade first, right? They get a KO because they went first, blah, blah, blah. There is a situation where I KO their Charmeleon. And then they're down three candies, Charmeleon and Rod. Perfect. TM Devo, if they candy Zard, I always win by two-shotting it. And then they pull out the second Rod. Yeah. And I instantly oh, yeah. see my mistake. <laughs> And the second rod evolved a Charmeleon on the bench with the Candy Zard in the active. And I realize there is no winning from this situation outside of a maybe they brick for multiple turns in a row. So that was actually a really sick. Like, speaking of knowing what to do, I saw it. I saw the line four turns out. I was so ready for it. And I'm like, all right, this is it. Like, they literally cannot win the game here. And then they didn't play Azul's left. <laughs> and so yeah. i uh i lost i lost on the spot without knowing the list so plus one for closed deck list i guess that was actually super cool i was i was big fan even though i was on the wrong end of it it was cool to get punished like that yeah it could have been second charmeleon too something we'd talked about also true but like i'd seen like justified gloves for example and i had oh, seen sure, yeah. uh two one nest ball one level wall and it's just like all these extra bits where i'm like i'm pretty sure that they don't have yeah. room for these extra pieces i was wrong but <laughs> it's fine so you you lose to james yeah uh we got 30 second place shout out yeah that was a winning in for 30 second and it was a losing out of top 64 unfortunately yeah that's so crazy it was like win for a thousand dollars lose for nothing <laughs> For nothing, not even yeah. not even 18 pity packs for, yeah for literally nothing yeah <laughs> like sick, sick format we got going on there pokemon i appreciate that and of course the correct answer is instead of complaining win next time but also yeah. yo, you can't give me some packs <laughs> yeah that does need to need to be addressed um what we've seen from pokemon is a, they have been responding mm -hmm. to the bigger size and everything uh, we've seen it with the bigger kicker, um, but it's so slow to happen. Yeah. You know, they're not proactive, they're reactive. And that's yes. unfortunate uh, because, okay, let's say the next regional ends up being 800 people. Okay, that's fine then. Mm -hmm. It still fits, fits fine. You can pump the pricing up. They print these card packs out. They, they cost a penny to make. Yeah. Like, give, give out some packs. Incentivize it. Keep growing. 
Um, you know, that, that's what keeps the machine working. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, you're round 14. After your first yeah. game, you got mid-game deck checked. Yeah. I passed, by the way. For anyone wondering, I used purple dragon shields because so far, every time I've made day two, I've used purple dragon shields. Granted, I've also flopped out of tournaments with them. <laughs> Superstitious, <laughs> though. Um, first, I want to ask, did it have any effect on your game there? Because you'd just come off the win yeah, I had, in game one. You know how awkward it is to have to talk to your opponent? My opponent was a super cool guy. Yeah. Thank goodness. But just like, the oh, I have to make small talk now. <laughs> yeah, I, and I hate small talk, so yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. I think I, I think I would have played the exact same way regardless. Yeah, I don't think my mental was changed at all. Like <laughs> making a blatant misplay in addition to probably some other small ones. I think that might just be who I was Sunday at 2 p.m. <laughs> after 13 rounds of Pokemon. Do you know why they do them mid round? Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, so one of the reasons for doing it mid-round is to keep the tournament going, right? If they only take a couple minutes, and a lot of the times the games don't go to time anyway, Giratina versus Charizard, maybe not the best one to not go to time, but it keeps the tournament going versus in-between rounds is like, okay, well now we have to stop something and things like that. So I'm pretty sure that's why they do in-between rounds. So they have less time sitting around doing nothing in-between rounds, and then it's less likely to delay the tournament in any way, shape, or form. Well, from my observation, mm -hmm. it took there were three judges there on the side. Two of them, like that, they were doing the normal judging. Yeah. And then between rounds, they took your or between matches or games, they took your decks, and the two judges went away. There was only one judge there on that end, which was weird. But also, um, I think you're at the end of it. At the end of your game, mm -hmm. they started the round right after. You were the last one, maybe. Yeah, so the reason okay. we were the last one is my opponent got a slow play penalty, and they gave us a time extension. And then, for some reason, they still picked us for a deck check, so we got another time extension on top of that. Yeah. And then my opponent, game three, going first, played a chorus, looked at the top card of their deck, and so we had to get okay. another time extension for the judge to go confirm that it would be a two-prize penalty. <laughs> so we got three time extensions off of our game. So, barring those, I think in general, I think the better way to handle it would be at the end of the round, take the, take the decks when, you, when you're done, mm -hmm. and that way you can go, you know, to the bathroom, get water, do whatever, and go pick up your deck, you know, six minutes later and the round starts. Yeah. I, th I think it's just an inconvenience because now you, you immediately have to get up and, and sit back down. Oh, heck. Any judges, let us know tweet yeah. at I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to hear why yeah i'd love to hear why um because i've had it happen in the middle of the round multiple times now and it's you know just an inconvenience like at the end of the round just take my deck uh if you find something wrong you shouldn't because uh i play katanas and i've never had an issue with them um hey i've never had an issue know, with but... dragon shields <laughs> i've made all my day twos i've made with uh turquoise katanas <laughs> and for any sleeve companies listening after i said hey i'm looking for a sponsor who's more reliable than dragon shields you're like now this guy's talking about dragon shields because none of y'all sponsored us 
So I went back to Old Faithful. So that's on you. I ain't going to talk about you no more till you hit me up <laughs> at mellow underscore magic harp uh, on Twitter. Yeah, judges talk to me. Uh, <laughs> s- sleeves talk to, talk to Mellow, please. Or talk to me. Uh, <laughs> shout out Ultimate Guard. Um, okay, so I, yeah, I'm thinking maybe that's the reason you lost round 15, but you know, who knows? I mean, not being able to. Not being able to take a little walk, you know, maybe grab another pretzel. Nah, that, oh, no, that's pretzel no, wouldn't want me a game. No chance, no chance. Maybe, maybe. I did grief so hard that whole... I learned how to play the mirror match now. Yeah. So, you know, I'm more confident going into Vancouver. But by then it might be too late also, to be honest. Yeah, like, people, everyone's yeah, going to know the mirror match by then. Yeah, it's only 10 weeks away. <sighs> Speaking of 10 weeks away, Charlotte's coming up. That's right. That's uh, this weekend. Yeah. We're recording this Sunday night. Uh, yeah, so I'll be I'm flying out bright and early on Friday to Charlotte, a four-hour direct flight. I've got a window seat. Let's go. Uh, yeah. I'm an aisle man myself. Make but... my peeps. Yeah, uh, yeah I aisle. Yeah, the, win- the windows, I-, I actually changed my flight. So I'm getting up at like 5 a.m. to fly. Worth it. Because I gotta make my I gotta make my little peas when I'm flying. Of course. <laughs> Getting old out there, folks. Yeah. Um, um I'd play yeah, what do you think about the meta? I'd play Charizard again. I think, like I mentioned, I don't think people are fully aware of what good players playing Charizard looks like. And that's why Azul and Grant and Caleb went on a fun adventure on the last one, but the same idea. Caleb keep doing so well with Charizard and they might just do it again. (laughs) Like, I don't think I'd be the least bit shocked for that to happen. Right. But like, I think there is a clear difference. And I think a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of decisions with Charizard beyond evolve and attack. Like there is a lot of building up for the next few turns. And for anyone listening to this too, I think realize it is a complex deck and that means you should try it more than you might be because you get really rewarded for making plays three four turns in advance and other decks like law zone that is also true problem is you also get punished really hard for law zone by simply existing and so i think some of these law zone players really need to go to a deck that is way less decisions but still rewards that decision making process like a Charizard, or I mean, Guardy's a trap. Don't play Guardy, but I think Giratina is also a good choice. But I'd play Charizard again. I want to sell everyone who is trained on it. You should be playing Charizard uh, for sure. And if you're not, oh. if you're trained on Giratina, I also think that's a really, really good choice. Which is words yeah, I never I, thought I'd say. Yeah, you're trying to sell people with five days to go. Well, if you're really well trained. Yeah, I mean, if you're like between a deck and you're, I see no reason to switch off of Charizard or Giratina sure, yeah. moving forward because they're just, you're just deciding your 59th and 60th card at this point because the deck itself is so powerful. If you are a good player playing it, you can see turns ahead. You can see prize maps on turn one. You can see your sequencing and your resources that are necessary every single turn. I don't see a reason you would ever switch off of either of these two decks. You can grab any card you want with Pidgeot. Yep. Uh, if you haven't used your four Seal Stone, potentially you have another. You can grab two of any cards you want. That's crazy. Um, Let's be honest. Four Seal Stone almost always grabs the piece to grab the Pidgeot. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah. Uh, playing the moon, it was awesome. You you either play the stone on the first turn or the last turn. Yeah, get that moss. So like, okay, I put put the stone on. There's checkmate. Um, oh, going back to Charizard. Um, Charizard players. Uh, keep the switching card in for sure, I think, this weekend. I don't think Maridon players are going to switch off of the Tapu Koko. I don't think Palkia players are going to take out the Articuno. I don't think uh, DTE Mew has, might not add Mawile back in. Like, I think there's just a lot of stuff. And I don't think you'll ever be upset that switches in your deck. Unless you cut, like, an Arvin for it. Don't be stupid, but... Having a switch card is, I think, just a good card for sure to keep going into this weekend because I don't expect people to stop worrying about Charizard playing zero switching cards. Yeah, so we only had one Charizard in the top eight. Yep. So do you think that affects the meta at all? You know, people might just see, oh, it was Azul again. Oh, you know, he's obviously one of the best players playing right now. Uh, some would say it, arguably potentially um I th- uh, I th- a lot there's a lot of mew though yeah mew mew's a good matchup for you right mm, yes but like <laughs> you can still lose it's judge path is oh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah sure judge path box is pretty scary like i said yeah that mm-hmm. dreepy in there if they cut the switch card ggs sure. ggs um you said guardy's a trap yeah. uh we saw today <laughs> today at the time showcase, of recording yeah yeah at the time of recording a cash match with uh jake gearhart um losing playing the guardy uh in uh in eight rounds to uh isaiah bradner absolutely on the disgusting bro <laughs> the 3-0 jake lead into the bradner 5-3 win like, yep. oh, and I want to point out, too. So game one seemed like it was an actual display of a game. Games two and three was just Giratina being bad. And then the games yeah. where Bradner got to play. They weren't actually blowouts because that's not really how that matchup goes, but they were blowouts, man. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it it, it wasn't pretty. And not in the way like, oh, beat you up, ugly. It's just these games make you not want to play either deck. I (laughs) I disagree. They make me want to play. Bro, watching watching Jake occasionally just like a pass instead of taking a prize. It's like, God, that's such a good play. Like, you know, not going down to Roxanne yet, establishing a bit more of a board, having a board so big, you're like, whatever, bro, spit on me. I don't care. It's not going to do nothing. Like, that's so cool. I love it. No, I love both of these decks. Uh, I would not play either to a regional, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um yeah, what do you... Th- okay, so we do think an increase in Mew. Mew seems really well-positioned. Always yeah. has. And do you think the sunsetting of, of, you know, rotation coming up, uh, a lot of people, you know, this might be their last regional before, then mm-hmm. uh, let's give it one more ride. I think anyone who thinks that is going to feel encouraged by the Portland results, right? So we saw yeah. six in the top 16... 
it was it was more than there should have been it's like a number where you see it and you're like that can't be true and then you count it and you're like oh mew so mew was a great play for portland regionals and yep. here we're going to test the theory we're going to test the celios network theory if people will play the deck that was the play for the last tournament trying to <laughs> catch up it was true of guillotine in portland it was played in higher numbers it was a play for san antonio still a good play for portland still going to be a good play for charlotte but mew was a good play for portland and we'll see i think mew is going to go up because of that reason it was a good play oh it's kind of under the radar it didn't win it was just in top 16 so it was so close i think people are going to sleep on mew they probably will <laughs> you shouldn't yeah. you should not sleep on mew play the spirit tomb if you're playing a deck that does that, play the Charizard and just Charizard all over their face, whatever. But I think Mew's going to see more play because I think people are going to say, eh, I don't think they're going to expect Mew. Just expect Mew. Yeah, and I think obviously with, um, like we said earlier, the Bradner win and uh, mm -hmm. one of his testing mates, John Ang, won Portland with Tina. And what's an easy splashable tech into Tina is uh, the Spirit Tomb, right? Yeah, it definitely. We've seen it before massive for that matchup yeah it's it turns that matchup from i think i think it's mew favored without the two into it's definitely tina favored with the two yeah there's there's no doubt about that one yeah because they'll uh you know their paths become irrelevant and you play three or four mm -hmm. uh and and the tomb it's like okay now what right and then you know roxanne path okay good luck <laughs> Oh yeah, it's uh, but we did see Fusion was top four, uh, so a little bit quicker out of the gates than the DTE with the the other five of the top sixteen. Yeah, we saw two uh, there... Fusions in top sixteen, I believe. I'm only seeing. Was there only the one? Okay. Yeah, uh, I know for sure that the top four. I do believe Maddox said, and I know they're a co-host of the Beach Court podcast, which I have not listened to, but you should go listen to them. Probably talk about the run if you want to play Mew. Uh, but on Twitter, they said that you do, in fact, lose to Charizard. DTE has a chance, but not a great one. Fusion Mew loses to Zard pretty hard, but I think the other matchups in the meta are just better. Because you're faster. And this is purely going off of what Maddox said, because they played the deck and I didn't. But uh, yeah, you're just faster overall. You have so many more options with the Meloetta and the Ice Q or whatever you want to play. Yeah, I pulled up Maddox's record here, and they played a Charizard in round two. Okay. Which they won. Uh, their opponent was 2-4-1 drop, and then tied in round 11. So only played two. So uh, I wish I had that sort of matchup <laughs> spread. <laughs> I mean, that's how you do I it, right? Like, they do, but yeah. You take a bad matchup, and you hit someone early who maybe... Uh... Maybe they're not going to navigate it fully properly. That's that's how you do it. That's how you Urshifu and you hit an early Mew or Snorlax. You still got a chance. If it's round one, yep. you, there's no say in how good that person is. You might be fine. Yeah, your resistance might suck, but as long as you get your 19 points. I was the last know. place in the 20 pointers going into day two. Meant nothing because it resets it the next matter, day. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Um, is there anything else on the radar? I know Makani mm -hmm. had the uh, Arceus. Sure. Whatever. 
uh it's a deck shout out to tabletop village yeah. to brian myers for the oh yeah day two with arctina venusaur vmax uh i sat next to him round seven and we we're sitting on the same side of the table and it helps i was playing with one of my friends shout out to matthew for this one so it was a super chill game on my end but brian shows me his hand which was a giratina v a venusaur v and like path to the peak grass energy grass energy psychic energy and i just burst out laughing because i had no idea what he was playing it's like bro who lets you at the top tables and then you know he, he did well with it so i mean arceus is a good card uh, yeah problem is giratina does beat it most of the time i think the gigas is supposed to help with that matchup but i can't i never count out arceus i'm sure it's going to do fine again why wouldn't it? All right, I got two more to throw at you. Sure, sure, sure. Obviously, one that, that's been around for a while, mm -hmm. the Rapid Strike deck. That got uh, yeah. 15. Yeah, good deck. It, it's a thing. Yeah, Rapid Strike's good. There's, there's no reason not to play Rapid Strike, and there's no reason to respect Rapid Strike. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's both of those. So the cool thing about Portland is it was actually made the day one graphic, right? And yeah, it yeah. did not make the day two graphic. Uh, Mew was a good play for Portland, which meant Rapid Strike was not a good play. I also think Rapid Strike is a deck where you should never switch to Rapid Strike. Uh, Victor Ong is a local, right? He is very, very good with Rapid Strike. Playing against him is significantly different than playing against anyone else with that deck. A good Rapid Strike player is leaps and bounds ahead of an average one. And so there's no reason to respect it because there's very few great rapid strike players. There's a lot of ones who I, I don't know what the difference is. They're going to take prizes early and let you Iona them, activate counter catcher, so you can KO their octillery, you know, whatever. Uh, but that's fine. I would not switch to it if I'm not a great rapid strike player. And I would not respect it personally because there's like two great rapid strike players in a 2300 person tournament. All right, I got, uh, we ride on whatever, downhill, okay, whatever. I got one more that, there, there's a Snorlax we kind of touched on earlier. Okay, got it. Yeah. One more, a new deck. New. Um, newer, I guess, new to this format. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think about Goldango? Oh, I don't get why this deck isn't more successful, and I'm pretty sure it has to be because it's just not consistent enough. Like, I I think it should be good, and I want to root for the deck, because I know I hyped it up when we did our Paradox Rift preview. I don't see why this deck's not better, though. Like, it just seems so good. The card's good, the attack's good. Uh, Palkia can power up a Greninja, I guess. I don't know. It seems... I don't know. I, do, I legitimately don't fully understand why it's not better. And I think by the time the meta's done, it will gain respect as a viable deck i don't want to say good good might be a little too strong but a viable deck yeah maybe it's just adoption like there's so many other good decks mm -hmm. that can do that have the same or better matchup spreads easier true, true, to true. play i don't know that why would i waste my time on something that could be just you know an iono away from yeah you now how do i take my last prize and i mean and that checks Which, out right a lot like, of decks but you got you take a good Charizard matchup, but you have you have to take a bad Giratina matchup. And at that point, when you're talking about the one A and one B most popular decks, like 
why would I play this deck into that versus something else that loses to Giratine and beats Charizard, like Stall. Like, Stall probably just has a better matchup spread than Golden Go does. Yeah, and and then just picking it up, like, I think everyone by now has played games with Giratina. It's been out probably. since Lost Origin was... It's only been Salt about Lake a year City and some months. Last year, Salt Lake City last year? Um, how old's my son? 16? 16 months. <laughs> Giratina and my son are the same age. <laughs> so, I mean, everyone's probably played it or played against it enough. Like, okay, I'll pick up Goldango next format, maybe. Ooh, post-rotation? That's future talk. Yeah. That's future talk. Which is exciting. You know me, I love Poro. I'm a big uh, looking to the future guy. One thing too that you uh you served it up like softball and I didn't hit it out the park because we talked about it on the pregame. Uh the Bradner versus Gearhart thing. I think it shined yeah. a light on something that is another good piece of advice going into the regional. Uh you can have a good game plan, and this goes into what I talked about too, the Charizard thing. I guess gosh, I, I served it up on a freaking silver platter too and completely whiffed. Man, I'm I'm rusty. Yeah, the flow chart, like you said. A lot of times you can have a flow chart and feel very confident, and that's fine. You have to be willing to adjust <laughs> from your flow chart. You cannot sit there and be like, all right, I'm going to do A, B, C, and that's how this matchup's supposed to go. Sure, supposed to is not how this format goes. Part of the reason why you keep seeing the top players do well is because this format is not a flow chart. This format is so different. You have to play the Iono that you get. You have to play the awkward starting hand with no VIP pass in a fast format. And you really have to be willing to adjust based off of what's in your opponent's discard pile. What is my board? What is their board? What's in my hand? So I think going into Charlotte, that's another important point. Uh, why would I play Charizard? Because people follow their flow chart and you can disrupt it. What should you do if you're going in? Don't stick blindly to your flowchart. You should be constantly check your opponent's discard pile, evaluate the board, decide what is actually going to happen here. When I first started, I got coaching, and the, one of the things they said that still sticks out to me, and I still tell everyone, is ask yourself, what doesn't my opponent want me to do this turn? That is going to take you so far in the game compared to, okay, I have to Cresselia the Giratina. And from there, I have to Iono Countercatcher, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. You're just like, all right, what doesn't my opponent want me to do? Well, they have one Comfy on the field. Cresselia the Comfy isn't normally how I draw it up, but I'm going to disrupt them even more. And this format especially, I think that just makes such a big difference. So yeah, really evaluate every single turn and don't just be like, all right, it's an altered creation boss boss game. Not, not really, not really that level of flow charting anymore. I wish. I'm glad it's not. <laughs> Let me make these tiny little decisions of like, mm, actually, I'm gonna pass turn. I'm a rare candy to Pidgeot instead of rare candy Charizard, and just vibe and see what happens. And then suddenly your opponent follows their flow chart. You're like, all right, sick. <laughs> I can adjust now, and I'm good to go, and I'm happy. I've established a board. Yeah, we saw we saw Jake do both sides of it today. Mm -hmm. um, he would, like you said, Cresselia into 
Tina times, but he did that every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the post game, uh, Bradner said, "I'm really glad that he did that play and didn't KO my comfy mm-hmm. because if he d- did that, I'm screwed." Uh, there's other nuances in that that um, Bradner's like, if I put down the Manaphy, I he hits into this. I have the, like there's plays that aren't ever on the flow chart. Mm-hmm. So many things that are out there. Um, but you can't be stubborn head and keep doing the same thing over and over again. You have to be in the game every time. There's no autopilot deck. Well, I mean, ride on, <laughs> I guess. But <laughs> what's, what's crazy is that it actually isn't. <laughs> like, that's what's right. Like, there's so many lines in Maridon, and that's why, you know, Moffat makes top eight, and everyone else in yeah. the world, you know, is nowhere near that. Well, I mean, I remember, like, just, you can go back to any format, almost, like, where people are like, Lugia is so easy. You do this, this, this. Like, yeah. well, yeah, but there's the middle of the game, which exists for everything right now, but, like, there isn't anything that's truly oppressing like that. Mm-hmm. That you can't just stop thinking. Um, yeah, and the cards like Countercatcher and Iono just exacerbate it so much because it really turns into a like, oh, keep it active, don't keep it active. Like, do I push my advantage? Do I not push my advantage? And like, am I going to get punished for this? Like, what are the odds they even have the Countercatcher? Like, okay, I'm going yeah. into Giratina. I'm going to activate their Countercatcher, but not their Roxanne. Is that actually scary? sometimes no sometimes you look at their hand you look at what they did last turn like they didn't even play a supporter they probably don't have chorus like the odds of them doing anything because they didn't abyss seeking right they just hit you with a cramp ranch you're like they're probably not going to do anything they're probably not going to have access to this four card combo that i'm actually afraid of so i'm I'm probably fine i can probably activate it and sometimes you look at a 12 card hand you're like maybe i don't want to go into roxanne turns because my board's not ready yet and i'd rather do something else this turn yeah, it's like, uh, um, if you don't have the Sableye on the bench yet, mm-hmm. do you want to, are you going to find it? When you Iono, how many cards do you have in deck? How, how quickly can you find that card again if it gets Iono'd? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, little things like that are so important to keep track of. And you lose, you lose that sometimes. Like, you forget to uh, play the Nest Ball and fail it to shuffle your deck to get better odds to see a card. This is one like of just the... the little things coolest playing against hunter butler round nine i think he really showed that like level of and i know some people do this in their head because i'm one of those people but playing lawson i would iono him you know he'd look at his hand he'd write it down and then he would count his deck before his turn started and he would be like he would he'd be very blatant right like this was my hand this is how many are here and then think about what he's doing. He would do it out loud because when you're that good and you're playing a deck like Lasso, and it, it doesn't matter if I know what his plan is, or maybe it did. Maybe that's why I won. I don't know. But yeah, stuff like that is just so huge. <laughs> yeah, it's weird to see. Sometimes you you play against somebody, and you I own them, or they I own you. You I own them. They don't look at their hand again. They just shuffle it. Mm-hmm. Like I always <laughs> take another second and make sure i know what was in my hand yep i normally i'm not i don't play the decks normally like get the 12 15 cards or whatever but like just knowing what's there oh yeah and then that helps your sequencing for the next turn oh yeah and it can be huge for even a deck like charizard where you're like i'm gonna quick search but i mean am i gonna evolve into the charizard am i gonna first play my own iono to dig for it am i gonna mysterious tail first or not like 
even if you don't think it matters, there's a lot of situations where it does matter a whole lot. Yeah, I've got the I've got the cards to evolve to Charizard. Wait, how many energies do I have? Mm-hmm. Do I need a quick search for Rod mm-hmm. first or something? You know? Yeah. Yeah, there's little things. There's a lot in this format. And yeah, the biggest thing is don't get stuck in the flow chart. You should be evaluating each and every turn, even when you are. Like I said, playing Charizard, it's very easy to play three turns ahead, and you should. <laughs> you really should. Yeah. It's very important that you have every single resource, prize, etc. mapped out, because otherwise the deck doesn't really do a whole lot. But you reevaluate everything every single turn also. of Like, okay, my opponent has this left, so my plan was this, but now I have to pivot over to this because it's, you know, I'm not ready to go into Roxanne turns yet. Or I haven't got my Jirachi, so... I'm super not ready for Roxanne Sableye. I should probably, you know, chill for a second. I'm going to hit into this Giratina for 180 instead or whatever, whatever the play is. It's really about Passing. deciding those. Yeah, you can do that. Just, eh, I'm going to instant charge because I wrote him still on the bench. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I'm a call for family. Wait for them. Wait for, yeah. Wait for them to do something. Oh, yeah. We saw We saw Gearheart pass a ton today. Oh, yeah. yeah did it work? Did it end up working out for him? No. <laughs> but sometimes it was the right play yeah do you do it a little too often maybe yeah there's like there's playing from behind and then there's not pushing advantage and that's a that's yeah. a whole different topic i don't know someone out there will do a group coaching session for it at some point right yeah or go at least go back and watch the vlog for now until Azul puts out a, a, a youtube video of it either way yes all right what do you think about wrapping it up I think it's a good idea because I want to go to bed. A prediction would be, um, I think the meta is going to be too hostile for Charizard to win again. Like I said, I would still play Charizard. I don't think the hostile meta matters a whole lot. I think you will still do well if you know how to play it. But uh, that would be what I want to pick. I don't think Tina will do it two weeks in a row. So I am going to pick... What other decks are there? I refuse to pick Mew. Uh, I was gonna say you got you're gonna. I, I'm leaning towards Mew, actually. <laughs> I don't want to, but I, I really think my conclusion is gonna come to Mew. I'm picking Mew Vmax to win Charlotte Regionals. It is here. It is Judge Path will be the most consistent deck, most consistent strategy, most consistent everything to get to top cut in this gigantic regional. Yeah, I actually sadly have to agree with you. Oh no. That means I'm wrong. No. I'm usually a I'm a good metagamer. Uh but I think uh yeah, I just think even seeing, you know, you saw a lot of the top end players already playing it last week. Mm-hmm. I think with the frequency pickup, uh yeah, maybe they cannibalize each other a little bit, but if um I think it's just like you said, judge path pretty good and be and just having a draw engine judge path you have you have all your outs uh mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people have played it so much and know it uh pick it up and give it one last ride here at, as it's uh, about to rotate um if it's not here it's knoxville so yeah i'm i'm, I'm picking it for this one I, yeah I, th- I think that's correct uh grant where can the people find you if they want more from you you can find me on Twitter at RealBooCK, one word. Um, I'll have the numbers posted for the round times of Portland up there probably tomorrow. 
I gotta format it. But um, yeah, I try and keep track of those. I think that's the best thing I've been doing recently. Um, my memes, I haven't done any good memes recently, so I don't know. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter, on Twitch. I might be in chat at boo underscore ck. Myself, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at mellow underscore magikarp. Be sure to rate and review the show. Check out the merch, doom-gaming.com. Use code lake for your first order. This has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. Catch you all next week.